Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Bathurst 12 Hours on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. It's G'day from Bathurst in New South Wales. Australia has the first round of the Intercontinental GT Championship as we get set for a massive event tomorrow and qualifying today for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour. This is where we are playing today. We know this venue so well down under, but for those watching from all around the world, they've probably had the chance to play it in all kinds of video games before. There's nothing like the 6.2 kilometres of Mount Panorama, and it looks brilliant today in the sunshine, 25 degrees. He's here, and the action is heating up ahead of Prelly qualifying here. We've got Jack Perkins and Garth Tander, two fellas who have done a lot of laps around here. And already, guys, from Friday practice through to the, the practice sessions we've had this morning, the vibe is well and truly up right now. It feels like the 12-hour is really back in form, and it's going to be huge this weekend, Garth. Oh, even from Thursday before the cars hit the track, you roll into the campgrounds through the back of the paddock here, and that's as full as I've ever seen it at the 12-hour. So great to have so much support here, so many people here that are basically going to camp here for a week because we race yeah. not only this weekend, but next weekend as part of the Bathurst Superfest. But 12-hour this weekend, the practice so far has been seriously impressive. There's, mate, who's who of GT3 drivers is here this weekend? So qualifying coming up very shortly is going to be fantastic to watch. We just love the variety, don't we, Jack, about this race. It's the same old Bathurst that we know and love, but completely different cars to what we're used to seeing compared to the 1,000 in the hands of some of the world's best. Yeah, absolutely, Chad. And, I mean, it's great. I mean, the summer sports are finished. We get to go car racing now. So there's just so much enthusiasm about car racing. And the fact that we're at Bathurst for the first big race of the year here in Australia, it's awesome. We get to showcase... This awesome circuit right around the world. And if it's not drivers making their first time here at the the mountain, it's pit crews as well. It's such a really cool way for all these people around the world to get involved in Bathurst. And we love showcasing it to the world. There's some big names to watch out for. We'll touch on some of those shortly. But there's even been some slight changes to the rule book. But there's pit stops to think about. There's the different classes. It's one of the great things about this race is there's so much to think about outside of just who's going to be first to the flag. Yeah, I mean, today our focus is who's who's going to do the fastest lap in qualifying and then later this evening in the pole shuffle but yeah, the race itself is such a strategy lottery. There's the rules changed around pit stop times. Now there's a mandatory transit time. Effectively, from the time you turn the pit limiter on to the time you turn the pit limiter off, there's a certain time that you have to spend in pit lane. How you do your pit stop is going to be different to how we've done it in the 12-hour here previously. So strategy and how the teams attack that is going to be very, very different. The way that the driver combinations line up with the pro drivers and the bronze drivers or the uh, non-professional drivers, if you like. So there's a whole heap, and we've got 12 hours tomorrow to tell you how that's going to play out. But today, who can go fastest? It's going to be amazing to watch. Yeah, qualifying here today, Jack. Just getting that one lap speed out of it and trying to, in this session, at least lock yourself into that Pirelli shootout, the top 10. There's always so much hype around Bathurst qualifying session because as a driver, you get to put brand new Pirelli tyres on and absolutely see what your machinery's got in terms of a fast lap time. But, you know, people go, oh, it's a 12-hour race. Who cares about qualifying? That's true, but try to tell race car drivers that qualifying doesn't matter. There is absolute limelight and glory on today's success, but tomorrow is the bigger picture. And it wouldn't be the rep... Co-Bathurst 12 Hour without Shay Adam in pit lane. You'll hear her voice all weekend long. We get to hear her at the Rolex 24 Hour. We get to see her at Le Mans. Shay, welcome back to Australia. The big names are back with you this year. 
Thanks, Chad. It's great to be back here. And it's only once a year that the sacred tarmac that adorns Mount Panorama is open to the best GT3 cars in the world. So it's no wonder that some of the best drivers in the world come to try and make their mark in history. This year, back again, the seven times world champion from MotoGP, Valentino Rossi, is back. This time, though, he's got a bit more experience under his belt in GT3 racing. He's got a win at Lasarth, which is Le Mans. That from a different race, not yet the 24, but he's looking to fulfill a birthday wish and get a win here at Bathurst. Also back again this year for a second attempt, the 2003 Champ Car Champion, the thrill from West Hill, Mr. Paul Tracy himself, the Canadian legend. We've got brothers in the field in the form of Lawrence Van Dorp, 2015 pole winner, his younger brother Dries, 2018 race winner is back once again with BMW. Sharing the car with Dries is Sheldon Vanderlinde, the 2022 DTM champion. Sheldon's the younger brother of the Vanderlinde brothers, the VDL brothers. You can look them up on social media. Kelvin is the older brother and two times Kelvin has qualified second in this race. Still looking for that pole award, still looking for that win and he's already been top of the charts several times across this weekend. But Look, one of the biggest international national stars at your own peril at this point, Matty Campbell, fresh off of an overall win at the Daytona 24 just a couple weeks ago. He's back again. He was the hero for Porsche back in the 2019 race, the only guy to ever get the pole position in this race for Porsche in 2020. It's going to be a phenomenal experience to watch all of these international stars duking it out with some of our supercars heroes as well, because nine current supercar drivers drivers are in the field this weekend. We've got Chaz Mostert, two-time pole winner. This time, he's in GT4. Everyone else in the field is in a Mercedes, though. We've got Brock Feeney, Will Brown. We've got Thomas Randall and Cameron Walters in one car. And then, of course, David Reynolds. So it's going to be a jam-packed field where every single one of these drivers wants the big award at 545 tomorrow afternoon. But for today, it's the honor of being the fastest driver and getting that Alan Simonson trophy. Yeah, that is what we're playing for today. The, uh, the late Alan Simonson, a legend of this event. Used to love watching him rip around here in that Ferrari many years ago. Thank you, Shay. Let's just chat about some of the things we've seen so far this weekend in that final practice session. She mentioned the Aussie names. It gets a bit of a Jack and Aussie versus international feeling this event, and it was the Supercars boys who stood up in that last practice. Yeah, it was, Chad. And it, like you say, it's a mixture of Australian drivers and Australian teams. And in practice six, the fastest car was Cameron Waters in an all-Australian team with an all-Australian driver lineup, including Craig Lowndes. So awesome job by those guys to be the quickest so far in practice and that puts them in good position for qualifying but it is still wide open and I tell you these international drivers are very handy behind the wheel. We saw all the action yesterday Garth which was streamed to hundreds of thousands of people literally around the world. So much interest in Friday practice. One thing we didn't see yesterday was the red flag. We certainly saved it for today, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, practice six, we saw a couple of red flags. So one right at the end for the KTM that had made contact with the wall. So, um, yeah, Friday, though, was was incredibly clean. But then this big one, the biggest one of the weekend, Adam Hargraves in the Mercedes-bodied IRC car, contact with the exit of Reed Park, and then you'll see it spin across here, and then big energy going through the rear of the car and uh, the team thrashing to get that ready for tomorrow's 12-hour race. It was great to see Adam get out of the car and basically 
to walk away reasonably unhurt. Same can't be said for the race car. And then the KTM, this is the run down to Forest Elbow. Just a little bit wide on entry. We've seen this so many times in supercar races. Once you're wide there, you make contact with the outside wall and passenger down to Forest Elbow. So it'll be touch and go whether that car's ready for qualifying this afternoon, but they'll certainly hope to have that out for 12 hours of running tomorrow. So what was a very clean Friday turned into a little bit of a scrappy Saturday. Certainly hope we don't see any of that in qualifying coming up shortly. Yeah, hopefully get those cars back for tomorrow. So we get 30 for the race tomorrow. Jack, the cars are rolling out onto the apron behind us, including the 75 Sun Energy 1 car, Jill Goonon shooting to become the first driver in Bathurst history to win four endurance races here in a row. Can they do it? Well, I think so. You know, they did it last year with the same driver lineup they got this year. And don't forget Kenny Abul. He's gunning for three in a row as well. So good job for Kenny, an Australian race car driver that not a lot of names here would have heard of, but does a great job in that Sun Energy One car. So, look, they're ones that, you know, probably aren't going to be that stressed about qualifying speed today. They know tomorrow's race is where they're going to win it, and they've got great form because they're using the car that won last year's race as well. Yeah, had to get uh, craned out of the sixth-story New York museum that he's got, which is really cool. Nice work, guys. We're going to send Garth up to the commentary box. He's going to be sitting alongside these two. We've got Richard Crowell, the voice of the 12-hour. John Hindoff is back, and John, it looks like Rich has brought his fan club to the mountain with him. There's the shirts for sale this weekend. Cannot wait to see what we've got coming up in Pirelli qualifying. He's going to hate you for saying that. You absolutely know. G'day. I'll say that to you. G'day, Rich. Welcome back. Nice to have you here. Tenth time you've come to the Repco Bathurst 12-hour, the voice of global sports car racing. Uh, Great to be back. We'll squeeze Garth Tander in the middle of us in a minute for what is a massive day of motorsport uh, from Mount Panorama and the Repco 12-hour, the strongest field we've seen in years, and a depth of competition that is going to make today's program incredibly competitive. So two parts of qualifying coming your way, top 50 and bottom 50%. To set the shootout, the Pirelli shootout, they'll fight for the Alan Simonson Pole Award. Could we go sub two minutes? Well, some people in the paddock think it could be possible. And then bright and early tomorrow morning, 5.45 a.m. Perhaps the best hour of motorsport in Australia, the start of the Repco Bathurst 12-hour, and we're on air all the way to what I'm sure will be another dramatic conclusion to Australia's international endurance race. The Valentino Rossi fans are here in force. There is an enormous crowd and a great vibe around this place as we get set. And, John Hondoff, you do sports car and GT races all the way around the world, at Le Mans, at the Nürburgring, at Sebring and Daytona. There's nothing quite like qualifying at this place? I, I think the nature of the circuit's rich. You know, Mount Panorama has its own character as a racetrack, as an event. But you have to respect the just over 6Ks that rolls through this fantastic uh, bit of countryside here. Originally, of course, here... A scenic drive, and then some bright spark had the idea to go motor racing on it. And when you come here on sticky Pirelli tyres, on low fuel, enough fuel probably to do three, maybe only four laps, it should be the quickest that the cars will go the whole weekend. A lot doesn't always work like that, but pretty good at the moment. And here's where we are in the world. 180 kilometres inland from Sydney, the capital of New South Wales. You cross the Blue Mountains, Great Western Highway or Bell's Line if you're in something really nice. <laughs> and then you find the great city of Bathurst, about 40,000 people with the best racetrack in the world. 6.213 kilometres, almost 180 metres top to bottom at the peak at the appropriately named 
named Brock's Skyline. And for timing purposes, we'll break it into three sectors. We'll talk a lot about them today because they produce some pretty spicy numbers. It's an incredible circuit. It's an incredible field. And pole position will be decided later on this afternoon. But we've got a bit of a process to get to that in practice six earlier this afternoon. We broke the 30 cars into 15 quickest and 15 slowest. The bottom 50% will run now. In a little bit of time, you'll see the top 50%. The 10 quickest cars, irrespective of where they run now, will make it through to the Pirelli shootout. And then the fastest of those will take home the Alan Simonson Pole Award, which celebrates its 10th anniversary this year, and it has become one of the most coveted awards at this place to claim. Well, I very seldom take issue with what you say about this place, but... Top 15 quickest and the bottom 15 are just less quick. Less quick. Because yes. these guys no, have been here. hanging it out around here. Uh, absolutely in that session. And, of course, this session will set the poles for the different classes. Uh, other than the top class here, the GT3 cars. So... Look out for the GT4s and the Invitational. That is going to be absolutely outstanding as well. Garth Tander has made the climb up the stairs, stairs getting his steps in. Uh, who we've got to look for here? Who is in here who didn't want to be in here and will want to get some clear track, Garth? Uh, I think the car that's coming to pit lane right now, the Phantom Motorsport Porsche, that car has been a top 10 runner in practice leading up to qualifying. Didn't quite get it right in qualifying, so that's one to keep an eye on. Tony Alberto is driving the this car right here on screen, heading down to Turn 1, and we certainly know Tony's experience around Mount Panorama. And David Russell in the Theo Kunduras or the Kunduras Brothers AMG Mercedes. D-Russ has been on the front row of the 12-hour in the past in the Lamborghini and Glenn Wood also in a Mercedes for M Motorsport has potential to have top 10 speed as well. So there's still some threats to come from this qualifying session. Uh, if these guys can lay a time down that can stand the test of time when the fastest 50 come out, then they're every chance to get themselves in the Pirelli shootout this evening. Do you go hard early? No, I think you play in here. So you'd probably... I had a quick look at the tyres as I was coming back from the pit exit there to the commentary box, and most of the teams look to have a very lightly used set of tyres laid out for the first run and then a brand-new set that you put on for the second run. So half-hour practice session or half-hour qualifying session around Bathurst really is only two, three or four-lap runs yeah. if you allow a bit of time, like if you allow three to four minutes of changes while you're in pit lane between runs. So... You play yourself in in this first one, bring the tyre in, see where the track's at. Don't forget, it's been over an hour and a half since these cars were last on track. And I can tell you guys, standing in pit lane right then, it is hot. There is some UV out there. The track temperature is going to be way higher than it was an hour and a half ago. Uh, fun favourite is the, has always been the wall racing number 93 Lamborghini. It's a different Lamborghini this year, isn't it? Evo 2 on the Huracan and Krilzy, a, a really nice reworking of the classic homage to the BASF livery that this team has used in the past. Yeah, Adrian Dietz, who owns this car, decided to step it up a little bit. V10 song, flight through the kink and the run up to the KW chase. So, yeah, an evolution of what they've run 
previously, but this is a really good car. They really, really fond of the way this car is kind on its drivers. They say it's a big step up from the previous generation Lamborghini, from driver comfort, from being easy to drive, easy to set up. Grant Denyer did his first ever 206 at Mount Panorama in it earlier today. He's part of that driver lineup. But Tony D'Alberto, who's been on the podium here in the great race, uh, has got the job of getting that car further forward in qualifying today. So they're the first car out of pit lane, the first car with clear racetrack in front. This is one of our invitational class entries, the Mark II Mustang-shaped car built in Queensland. In fact, these cars are an incredible story. More than 90% of everything that goes into these cars sourced from within 150 k's of Brisbane, which is a really cool story. So about as Aussie as a race car gets... And the MRA team have been doing a great job. Now, we are down a couple of cars in this session so far because the mountain has claimed a few victims today, Garth Tander, and one of them was the beautifully liveried IRC GT, which unfortunately found the fence at possibly the worst possible, certainly the quickest place at the top of the hill. Yeah, ran wide and the run down to the grate at Reed Park and then could not get the car back and then contact with the outside wall on the exit of Reed Park and then you'll see here once the rear suspension's broken the car spins across the circuit and we have a really graphic shot we talk about the energy that goes through race cars when they make contact with concrete barriers so just watch this as it makes contact and you can just imagine that all going through the drive line the back of the car making its way all the way to the front of the car it was great to see Adam Hargraves get out of the car you can see the team has stripped it all back so hopeful that they can have that car ready for tomorrow one of the cars that's still in the garage, but it's not supposed to be out on the racetrack yet, so no panic. The Mercedes from the 888, it is the national storage car, and right now it is down a battery. They tried to turn the car on, nothing happened. They checked the fuse box first to see if maybe a fuse had switched or gone bad. No, they decided, let's just bring out a new Braille battery and stick it in. It's a lot easier. So the work almost done. And it will be Brock Feeney, I'm told, qualifying this car to try and get it into that top 10 shootout. And not a shock about that, Shay, given the job that Brock Feeney did in qualifying here last year. Very nearly got pole position in the same car. And what was the start of a really, really good season for this young guy who's made a huge mark in Australian motorsport. We've all been there. Been away a couple of days. Go to fire up the car. Nothing happens. Remember that invitation class will be setting their grid times in this next 22 or so minutes, as will the GT4s. And we've got two McLarens here. McLarens traditionally always gone well here at Mount Panorama. These are the GT4 Arturas, which we're seeing for the first time. And a GT4 car that is... Yeah, all right, small, just three entries to it, but I'm really interested to see how the McLarens go against the Janetta G55. Young Owen Hizzy is in that car at the moment. He's sharing with uh, Colin White, among others. And this is going to be a drag-down, bare-knuckle fight between these three cars in this particular category right through today for the pole position and tomorrow for the whole of the Repco Bathurst 12 hours. 
Well, I thought I'd wander down and have a quick look at how the repairs are going on this Mark car and point out some of the key little things about this car. Now, this has got a rear clip on it. So this is the gearbox that mounts here. This bolts to the chassis, and it's coming off. You can see here, if you can see my finger work here, this is a bent uh, tube associated to the roll bar mount, so that clips out of action. And if we wander up the back of the garage, you'll see a brand-new clip ready to go on. So they'll put the transaxle in there, put that clip back on, and then behind that is the fuel cell. That's also damaged there. So uh, right behind us on cue, a brand-new fuel cell clip to go behind the clip. Clip on a clip on a clip. It's like Meccano down there at IRC GT, but they'll get it all back together. So we've got 20 minutes remaining in part one of qualifying for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour, and Tony D'Alberto leads the way. Just on 20 and a half minutes then, with a couple of cars yet to come out onto the circuit. Uh, we're missing what... Uh, well, the, K cars, the KTM uh, of course, MIA, yes. uh, the car we've just seen being repaired, MIA. Uh, we're also missing the AMG GT4. Oh, no, that's out there, Mark Griffith. We're missing one of the two Method Motorsport McLaren. Yeah, the Chasm yeah, the class, Chasm 25. Car, yeah. It's, oh, and here he is on his way down Conrad Strait in the uh, V6, three and a half litre or thereabouts, Ford-derived engine in the front of that uh, Ginetta G55. Ginetta working on a, a G55 Evo, which has been racing recently, that's got a, a V8 in it and is uh, more sort of a GT3, GT4 sort of uh, plus package, if you will. And a little bit of different aero on the side of that new car as well. This is one of the venerable G55s. They're a great endurance car, running their own series around the world as well in the Sprint Championship. Uh, paddle shift gearbox, two pedals, and plenty of grunt from the front end. Uh, no ABS, no traction control. And they are fun, funnity fun with a capital F. Um, I raced three times, uh, the three races at Rockingham Motor Speedway a few years ago on the BTCC package in one of those cars. Um, thanks to Lawrence Tomlinson and the team at Janetta, Yorkshire's finest. And absolutely brilliant little things to throw around. Now, this is at the elbow, the BMW M elbow, and the blue and gold car will be a car that they feel shouldn't be out right now. They were expecting to be having another cup of tea and maybe a small finger sandwich with the crusts cut off as they were getting ready for the top part of qualifying. They were pipped towards the end of that FP6 session, Creelty, and we'd expect to see this car put down some decent times, and that is exactly what's happening at the moment as it comes to the end of a first push lap. With Joel Erickson driving, who's done a lot of the heavy lifting so far this weekend, but it has got some damage to the right front guard. Big piece of carbon fibre that's become detached, so I wonder if there's been a slight wall brush somewhere early in this run. No visible signs of damage, but that's not going to be helping the, the arrow on that car. But that time was a 2.05.2, which isn't going to be quick enough to get into the shootout. But Tony D'Alberto, quickest at a 4.7. The times will continue to improve as this session goes on, of course. I, I have seen a number of times when the whole front wing, the whole front guard, has come away from those, ca from those cars with a bit of side-to-side -side damage. We've seen it in IMSA. We've seen it in some of the 24-H. 
uh, series as well. So they're going to have to keep an eye on that, and I'd be surprised if they don't get a mechanical black flag. Uh, around the world, we're live from Mount Panorama. Hello to Kevin Brink, who's in Thermal in California. He's kind of a big deal in the Arctic Chalk world, and he's a big motor racing fan and tuned in to us right now with just on 17 minutes to go. Bright, sunny conditions at Mount Panorama. Just on 25 degrees now, the warmest it's been all day. It started off quite cool, some early fog this morning on the mountain, and it's turned into a spectacular afternoon as we look to set at least some of the grid for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour Australia's International Endurance Race for 2024. This is Carnival 91. It's the Mark II entry owned by Keith Kasulki, but it's got a full-time supercar superstar behind the wheel, one of nine full-timers on the grid. He'll be racing here next weekend as well. The Thrifty Bathurst 500, which is the opening round of the Repco Supercars Championship. Two 250k races. A couple of shootouts as well, which we love to see. Timmy Slade doing a nice job 11th at the moment, but starting a push lap now, running in the Invitational class. And we've seen some damage on the Phantom Global Porsche 992. Car number 13, Swedish driver Joel Eriksson currently behind the wheel, and they have been told to go to pit lane to fix the damage on that car with some bodywork flapping around. Chad? I've walked down to the, uh, the Motorsport McLaren team. I've got Chaz Mostert here, who I could have sworn would be driving a race car in this qualifying session. But first of all, good to see the car back out on track, Chaz. Yeah, yeah, it is good to see it back out. Just um, We kind of spent the last bit of the practice um, after a little off at one, just to make sure the car's all right and um, obviously focused into this qualifying. So, um, yeah, we're... Uh, Cars. We've got some young, awesome drivers in this team. So we've got Marcus Flack out there at the moment, Tommy Heyman. Um, you know, I'm a bit old, Chad. I'm getting a bit, getting a bit past my heyday, so I thought uh, we'll get the young stars in there. For a guy who's been on the pole here, what, twice in the 12 hours, surely you'd have a, some good words of advice for them? Uh, yeah, just have fun. Like, if, you know, not everyone gets to drive a race car at the end of the day. Like I said, they've got the talent to do what they do. I've seen them in plenty of different other categories. So, um, yeah, go have fun. It's an enjoyable experience getting to qualify here around Bathurst in a GT car. Uh, no doubt the GT3 cars, you know, still right on the limit. The GT4 cars, even the pace we're doing is still on the limit. So um, I'm excited to see what we can do. Uh, we'll try to go for the, the class pole, but um, there's some really fast drivers in it as well. Gives you a chance to focus on next weekend. We've got the Thrifty Bathurst 500. Are you keen to get behind the Willie Mustang? Oh, I can't think that far ahead. We've got a big task to do tomorrow. So I'm um, really proud of this team, really proud of everyone here. Uh, even the little team, member, the team members back at home um, with Ree and Sandy and, um, and Eddie and Anne and the three Shih Tzu dogs as well. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for all their support the last two and, two and a quarter months. Um, all the friends and family here as well. It's been um, pretty cool to see it all come together. Super cool to see, mate. Well done. Thank you. And also all the sponsors on board. Thank you very much. It's very different. Chaz Moss that we're on to. He's the most it? corporate Chaz yeah. has been for a very long time. Well, it's funny what happens when you've got your own skin in the game. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. It's great to see Chaz. I mean, that's real leadership there, isn't it, from Chaz? I mean, he could have strapped the helmet on and gone and done a lap, but he's been here. He's done it before. Why not give one of the young guys a chance, Marcus Flack, to give him a chance, go out, take the responsibility of qualifying the car, getting the job done, and, uh, and build his own experience. Bit of a rest at Mercedes-AMG Team Grouper M Racing before they go out for their 30 minutes next. Marcus is a great young talent, popped up in one-make Porsche racing in the last couple of years, having raced internationally in Europe in Formula 4 in Great Britain. 
Um, did a couple of rounds of Crow Cup at the end of last year and certainly did a very nice job. Linked up with Sonic Motor Racing in that part of the world and getting some endurance racing experience this time. So this was that Phantom Global Porsche, brand new race team. This is their first adventure anywhere. And they've picked Australia's International Enduro to do it, which is really cool. Chinese-based team support from Team 75, which is owned by Timo Bernhard, one of the all-time legends of Porsche motor racing in Europe. 75 Motorsport on the rear wing. And that was the car that was black flag to go to pit lane, or the meatball flag to go to pit lane to have some loose bodywork on the right front corner rectified before they go out. And the young Swede, Joel Eriksson, will uh, continue onwards in this qualifying session. As we watch Tim Slade, Invitational Class has a benchmark lap time. They are not allowed to go beneath. And Tim Slade... Even in qualifying. ...has gone within 0 0.07 of said 2.06 benchmark. That is about as perfect as you're going to get. Nice work, Sladey. So if someone wants to beat Tim Slade for the Invitational Class <laughs> poll, noting that Ryland Gray, who is actually in front of them in the leaderboard at the moment, has done a 2.05.9, that time will get disqualified. That won't be allowed to stand. Um, you're going to have to do a 2.06.077. You've got a 7 one hundredth of a second window to slide in between yep. the ceiling and Tim Slade for pole position in <laughs> Invitational. Let's get your stopwatch. No, <laughs> start I, and stop I, I play that game with my kids. My best is nearly two-tenths of a... Just under two-tenths <laughs> of a second. So. Uh, are your kids quicker? No, they're way quicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get, get, out your, get out your phone and try and start and stop the stopwatch within seven... One hundredths, and just imagine that's that's taking into account driving a race car around six point two yeah. kilometres of a racetrack with upteen number of brake applications, gear shifts, and corners. Yeah, it's pretty near. That's pretty near perfect for that. David Russell on top of the pile at the moment with a two oh four six seven four, and the number forty seven, the Superplan Supermarkets Mercedes AMG leads the. Silver contingent in this part of qualifying. Remember, still another half an hour to come for the cars that were in the top half of the times for free practice six earlier on this morning. If you missed any of our video coverage from Friday or Saturday, you can go back and watch it. So when we get to the end of the day, if you want to find out how we've got where we are, thoroughly recommend you sit down. Uh, with some popcorn and get yourself comfortable for a few moments because we've had some great racing as well in the support categories here. With just coming up to ten and a half minutes to go, it is still David Russell on top. So exactly ten minutes to go in this session. There is a red flag allowance if needed of 10 minutes so they can extend that session to make sure everyone can get a lap as we jump back on board this Method Motorsport McLaren Artura GT4 V6 power GT4 is a glowing and growing category around the world so more entry level way into GT racing and there's the boss looking very team boss like down in pit lane his bosses himself are here this weekend St. Bruce Stewart from Auckland United floating around the paddock, surely doing some deals. Chaz was a long-time driver for Tickford, and that was a very timid look on his it face. It was, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah. Serious. Very serious for He's Chaz. changed. <laughs> uh, got some penalty information for you. Philippe Bonnell 
Blackman at the head of Vortex has been a little bit enthusiastic in the pit lane and has set off the pit lane speeding alarm. And that car, wherever it finishes, will take three grid positions uh, as a penalty. Garth and I were uh, standing down there with Jack Perkins at the beginning of this session getting baked by the sunshine. That sunshine has all but disappeared, guys. So for the rest of this session, big grey clouds covering the sun. So it could be a little bit of a happy hour here. It is partly cloudy. There's still some patches of blue out there. So maybe that UV will return. But right now could be a good time to be on the racetrack. It's a good point, Chad, that UV is the enemy of lap time when it comes to Mount Panorama Bathurst. They certainly lose a lot of grip in the surface here when the UV is out strong so that cloud coming over will improve the lap time and we've seen that right there as Glenwood goes to the top with a 4-0 so that's starting to get into the territory of where the car's in the fastest. Oh, balls are wide though out of one so straight away the second lap will be not as strong because that will hurt the run all the way up mountain straight so the first sector will go away here for Glenwood. But a 4-0 is starting to become into competitive territory based on the lap times that we saw in practice six. It was a 3-9 that got you into the top 50%. So remember, that's 15th and better. So it was a 3-7, I think it was, that had you in the 10. So uh, starting to get close to making some of these guys a little bit nervous that Glenwood might be playing in their territory in the fastest 50%. So what did he do here, then, Garth? Was he just a bit greedy? On yeah, the I think on the gas a little bit early yeah. and run the car wide. You can see the car didn't look like it had understeer in the mid-corner or really oversteer. Just too much inertia and too much momentum ran the car wide. So probably just trying to flow too much speed to the apex and pick the throttle up. I mean, that's the name of the game, isn't it? You've got to go around the corners as fast as you can. And that's a real important one for that run up mountain straight because that's where you start your climb. It, we were saying in the earlier broadcast that last corner and the first corner on paper look probably the two most innocuous of the challenges that you have to face around Mount Panorama here at Buffest. And yet they are both so crucial. You can absolutely blow a qualifying lap before you've even got it started if you get turn one wrong. This is the Superglass Racing IRC GT, Aussie-built and developed endurance racing special, and it's been driven by a guy who's had success at this place before and in the Repco Supercars Championship in the form of Nick Perkat. It's run by Matt Stone Racing. Really good way for Matt. And the team, and also Nick Perkett and Cam Hill, who are driving with John Hollinger to get some laps in. As we see a driver change going on down in the lane. But this is a great opportunity for this team to get themselves sharp before the start of the supercar season. Glenn Wood has just gone into the threes. Oh. And we're wondering if he was going to challenge some of the established elite of GT racing that are in the top 50% of qualifying. Coming your way in about 10 minutes' time, well, Glenn Woods just punched out a 203-64 to go quickest. Dalberto responded with a 4-0 to go second in the Lamborghini. So that is a very good lap time from Glenwood uh, for M Motorsport Mercedes AMG. And remember, he had that little drop on the exit of the first quarter of Hell's Corner. And that was what, Garth, do you reckon? Tenth and a half? Yeah, maybe? given how wide he went yeah. at the exit of one, I thought that was a tenth and a half, two tenths. So Woods 203.64 would have had him tenth. 
ninth in practice six. So he is certainly mm -hmm. getting himself into the game and he's gone faster again in the first sector. So is this the first car that potentially might bump his way in from the slow group? Just a thought, guys. I just wanted to have a look at the radar because all that cloud that was starting to build got me wondering, if you look over towards Turn 1, there are big grey clouds, and on the radar, there is a small but very strong cell building, and as it continues to build in size, it's edging closer to the racetrack. Imagine if this was a dry session and the next one was the wet session. We could be facing GT4 and Invitational cars, potentially in the Pirelli shootout. I think we're all pondering <laughs> yeah. that right now. Now, aren't we? <laughs> Hard to know how to quite take Chart that little piece of information. Builds, builds the tension. What it will guarantee is that everyone will be on the racetrack from the yeah. first yeah. moment of the next phase of qualifying. That's the sad sight of the KTM crossbow down at the KTM Vantage Freight Garthwalden Racing Team. Trent Harrison, unfortunately, caught out. We saw the vision off the top of the show uh, up at the BMW M elbow. That team will go to work and hopefully get that car fixed. They won't take part in qualifying, but we'd love to see them take part in the race tomorrow. And this was the accident. Oh. Oh. Was big contact, wasn't it? The inside wall down at Forest Elbow. That noise is a horrible mm. noise, isn't it? It's even worse when you're inside. That's the, the noise of money being spent, John. Yep. <laughs> when you crash cars like That's that. That's the equivalent of kerching <laughs> on the old uh, on the old till, is it? See <laughs> you, so, me. So here's Glenn Wood. We saw earlier that he backed out of a lap, potentially get a bit of track position or to save the tyre because the Delta lap time on his dash wasn't what excited him. So he's having another crack here at the first sector. And back out as well for the Porsche. Number uh, Porsche number 93, Tony Alberto's back out again as well. Yeah, I'm looking. Sorry, that's a Lamborghini. My apologies. Looking at the wrong line on the uh, screen. That was. Uh... Oh, don't get those brands. It's not quite Porsche v Ferrari, but no, don't I get know. Them mixed up. Sorry, you'll get letters. Yeah, I, I think Joel Erickson, that, that car has the potential to be yeah. in a Pirelli shootout this afternoon, I think comfortably. I think it's these two. Yeah. It's the Wood AMG Mercedes from M Motorsport and the Phantom Global Porsche, who certainly they had themselves inside the top ten in practice yesterday, and they would have been disappointed to find themselves in this one. Traffic hasn't really been an issue so far for our fast runners that find themselves in this group. What's Wood's second sector like? Now it's gone away from him a little bit in the mid part, so... Still the cumulative to the end of the second sector is not so bad. So if he can have a strong final sector, he'll look to improve on that 203.64. Got to send it here. This bit's easy. Hold it flat here. Right about now is when you start deciding, when am I going to put the brake pedal out? It's so easy. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> He's perennially underrated, Glenwood. He's a lovely guy, very good race car driver, perhaps hasn't had opportunity come his way. He does a lot of racing with his brother Dale, who's good in Carrera Cup. Let's see what this lap time is for Glenn. Is there any improvement? Well, it's a 3.8, Eight. backing up a 3.6. So pretty good pretty good response again, but no improvement. Starting to wonder whether he's gone past the best of that Pirelli tyre. David Russell. D-Russ, yeah. yeah. He's the one I'm looking at no. now in the Superbun no, Supermarkets AMG. Middle sector's gone no, away nowhere. from D-Russ on that one. As we check on the 888 National Storage AMG Mercedes, Brock Feeney. We'll pilot that one to try and back up his heroics from last year in qualifying. Started from the outside of the front row. Nearly undid Maro Engel, factory AMG superstar. And those guys are just taking this time to do a bit of driver change practice. 
So, I mean, if you're Mara, I'm thinking, you probably don't want to be doing that right no. before qualifying. So maybe it's David Reynolds and Felipe Fraga doing some driver change practice. Well, that is the familiar helmet of one D Reynolds, who been drafted in as a factory AMD driver for this weekend, which he's very proud about. That connection came via Mara. And of course, they raced each other in supercars a little bit. Clock ticking down. Is this a build-up for car yes. 13? Yeah, it has to be. This is the last roll of the yeah. dice for this car. So they still find themselves down in fourth with a 4-1. So regardless of whether they get themselves in the top 10 or not, they'll just want to be right at the front of this one. This young man at 25 from Sweden, despite the youthful exuberance, is still one of those European drivers that seems to have done an enormous amount of GT and sports car racing despite his young age. So this is a great opportunity. They've got Bastian Boos, who's the reigning Porsche Super Cup champion, and Jackson Evans, a name familiar already to Australians, former Crow Cup Australia champ, but a guy that will be full-time in the supercars starting next weekend for SCT Logistics and Brad Jones. And Bastian Boos won the Young Driver shootout at the end of 23 last year, where all of the Porsche-selected young drivers from various Carrera Cups around the world come together. That is a very prestigious thing to do and it's launched the career of many they were at Portimao for three days and he came out on top meantime oh, Woody come on better. two or three four two four six and that would have put him where GT yeah, would have put him fifth in practice six mm. which was our last quali sim not saying that's going to put him in the ten for this one but it's our first real reference of what they've got and it looks like the 13's roll out of this one as well, Joel Erickson. No. So not able to fire a real shot in this session for this car, which is a real shame because we thought that it was going to be towards the front doing similar things that Glenn Wood was able to do to get themselves in the conversation to have themselves inside the top ten. And just look at that coming oh. at us. We were here earlier today and John Hinder was telling us how great the weather was and we said, just wait, John, it will change. I'm going to hide behind my hands and pretend that doesn't exist at the moment. So that's how they end up at the bottom 50% of qualifying. A really good benchmark time, Glenwood. That is going to take some beating. Uh, a few pole positions determined. Invitational class has been set. We think it'll be Tim Slade there. Ryland Gray did a really good lap in the Triple One car, but possibly too good. It was quicker than allowed. And then Adam Christodoulou, the English driver in car number 19, the Mercedes AMG GT4, has snagged top spot in GT4. Their grid positions are set. They are locked in to the race at 5.45 a.m. tomorrow morning. Well, that was a nice way to warm Wasn't ourselves it? up for the fastest 15. And Glenn Wood, I think, can go back to that garage and be pretty happy with that job. Yeah, and let's not forget we've set the grid positions as well for the uh, invitation and GT4. So, as Krilzy was just telling you, Crystal on Paul for that. Well, that was an interesting session, Garth, with uh, people dialing themselves into it. Did not throw tyres at those cars. I think I think Wood certainly put a set of tyres on in the second half of that session. We saw the Phantom Global team, when they came to the lane to re rectify that loose bodywork at the front of the car, they bolted a new set on there as well. So I think they went on a use, lightly used set at the start and then certainly would throw a brand-new set of Pirellis at it for the second half of that session. It was a bit of a slow burn early. David Russell, he came home third. He was super wide and super committed, as he always is here. Out Matt Panorama, Tony Delberto. He finished second in that session, a 4-0. They'll be happy with that. 
But it was this man, Glenn Wood. He probably certainly got everything out of the car, but I feel like there was even a bit more potential if he was able to string all the sectors together, maybe a very low three. But regardless of that, a 3-4 in these hot and sunny conditions, he can be very happy with that one. And certainly in the conversation to make himself in, get himself into the top 10. Well, he Pirelli can start, start no worse than 16th, but he'll be hoping for a little bit more. Great crowd here today, enjoying the sunshine, and so too in pit lane is Shay Adam. Thankfully, I've gone into this shade in the garage, and Brock Feeney, your car no longer occupying this space. It was a battery change for the AAA Mercedes, but now it's up to you and qualifying to thank the guys. How excited are you for this session? Yeah, I'm pretty cool. It was a lot of fun last year qualifying, and obviously putting on the front row was great. Um, it's hard to know where everything's at at the moment, but car's back out on the apron. It's good to go, so really looking forward to getting out on the track, a couple of green tides. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I saw you in the garage in shorts and a T-shirt until the last possible moment. Is that just trying to stay calm and cool, or is it something else? No, nah, I just chill out before. Um, I was in the ice bath just before trying to keep cool because it's pretty hot out there. But, um, yeah, just trying to chill out. This is pretty, um, yeah, trying to keep the nerves down a little bit for now, and it should get pretty exciting this afternoon. Good luck making it into the shootout. Thank you. Cheers. Cam Waters, you're the fast man in practice six, the session before qualifying. We've just seen Glenwood go there and do a pretty handy lap time. You thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, he did a good job out there. Like, it's probably a little bit hotter now, so you say the track's slower than, you know, practice six. So I think he did a pretty good, good lap, but I'm hoping there's a little bit more in my lap as well. Hey, it's a pretty cool team this weekend. Almost should be called Team Australia, the All-Australian Drivers in Pro Series. Um, Australian team mechanics, a lot of familiar faces in this garage, and it looks like you've got Mick Dundee's hat on, so it's a pretty cool environment in here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been so much fun. So the, the test days and, um, you know, pairing up with Lounsey and, and Tom, just, you know, the whole vibe in the team is so cool. So having so much fun um, with this program and this weekend's been great as well. So um, it's definitely an all-Aussie lineup in this garage. And, um, you know, last practice we kind of got our stuff together a little bit more. So that was great. And um, yeah, hopefully we can keep doing that. A few dark clouds coming in on the horizon. What's the plan? Just get in the car, get out there and go as fast as you can straight away? Yeah, 100%. You need to do some bankers here, don't you? So if it rains, um, it is what it is. I like the rain around here. So uh, I think it'd be pretty important to get out there, do a banker and, and, you know, just normal bathers build up to it. How do these cars compare to what you're used to? You don't have as much GT experience as some of the other competitors on the grid. How are you finding the cars? Uh, yeah, so much fun to drive and they just make an amazing amount of grip, don't they? So uh, the supercars, you know, super slippery and, and you, you're really fighting the thing under brakes where... That's kind of the opposite to the GT car. So um, once you kind of get your head around to how to drive it and where to make the speed, it's so much fun. All the best out there, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. I'm here with uh, Mercedes factory star, David. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it, David? That sounds very, very good. You can call me that, <laughs> refer to me that anytime you like, Chad. Let's get over the big news items. Are you replacing Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes next year? I am definitely, yes. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> not, no. <laughs> hey, when you've got Mario Engel in your driver lineup, when it comes to qualifying, you just sit back and enjoy the show? 100%, mate. This is, pr this is quite different for me. Normally, I'm sort of the, the pro in the team trying to, like, qualify the car, but I feel like the amateur at the minute. So I just, I've, I'm done for the day. Mario, it's all up to you now. You can qualify and, and put the car in a good spot. When's the last time you got to sit around and watch a qualifying session at Bathurst? Because you would have done plenty of these in the 12-hour as well as the 1,000. Yeah, probably you. Probably one of my first times here, probably 2008, I reckon I was the last time actually watching. Actually, no, it was 20... 10 when I was a uh, enduro driver with Will Davis and HRT, so it's been a long time. What's he capable of here? We saw a two-minute flat from him last year, which was breathtaking. A lot of sunshine out there today, so uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm not really sure. The track conditions 
been a little bit worse than it was last year. Obviously, in the morning sessions, really fast, the car comes alive. But uh, in the afternoon session, the car moves around a bit more, doesn't give you the same feeling. Yeah, last year was an amazing job, but this year the BOP hasn't sort of helped us out as, as much as it did last year. But, um, you know, anything's possible at Bathurst, and especially with Mario in the case. He's that good at these cars that, you know, I actually can't wait to see what he can do. That makes two of us, buddy. Enjoy the show. All right, you too. See ya. That makes three of us. We cannot wait. Qualifying part two coming your way. We fight towards the shootout. But in just a few days' time, we are right back here. All part of the Bathurst Superfest. Round one of the Repco Supercars Championship. The Thrifty Bathurst 500. This is a, a huge weekend. Two top ten shootouts. Two 250k supercars races to start a massive season. The fastest 50% from practice heading your way next. We're going to decide the ten cars that take part in the Pirelli shootout later on this afternoon. We are on the banks of the Macquarie River in, in the central tablelands of New South Wales, the vibrant regional centre of Bathurst. There's so much to see and do here. Heritage-listed buildings, quirky bars, restaurants, arts and crafts, music events, good food and wine too in this part of the world, and beautiful scenery that all culminates at Mount Panorama, and you might find yourself some gold along the way. That's what they're shooting for this afternoon. Welcome back to Mount Panorama, the Repco Bathurst 12 hours. It's qualifying day and the fastest 50% of the field are about to hit the racetrack to push their way into the Pirelli shootout. But before we do that, let's jump back down into the lane where we find Shay Adam. Might be a bit of a surprise, guys, that she'll get on and standing beside me instead of being strapped into the Sun Energy One Mercedes. But, Joel, we just saw the piece. We heard from you and Kenny and Luca. You guys are a family at this point. What does it mean that Luca is getting this opportunity to qualify? Yeah, well, as I said uh, to you before, uh, with Luca, we are good friends, and uh, he always get the the bad works. Let's say the hard stint in the sun. He never does a Super Bowl or a Quali, and you know this sport is all about team spirit. And at one point, if everyone gets always the best treatment, it's also annoying for others. So when we arrived there, I said, you know what, I would like you that you do Quali, even if the team asks me, because you deserve it. You're very quick, and you never did it here. So that's why he's in the car, and I have a hundred percent trust on him that he's going to do fantastic. At the end of last year's race, you didn't get those new tires that you were promised. But when you get to go out on low fuel, sticker tires, and it's just you in the mountain, especially with this pit box, no one in front of you, how magical is it? Ah, it's, it's so magical. If you look at me, I've get, I'm getting goosebumps. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's magical. This place is magical. And, you know, there is always a rule kind of in batteries that you drive 95%. And then for 98, you come up, and then for quality, you're like, okay, I have one lap, I'm going to go 100%. Let's hope uh, you still keep a little bit of margin because the race is more important than quality. But, yeah, going there on low fuel with new tires is something surreal. Green flag is out, guys. Let's see who makes it into the shootout. What do we reckon, then? As the cars are going out, Garth was spot on. Everybody's heading out straight away. It's... No, no hurry up and wait here, it's just hurry up and hurry up. Well, I think with that weather that's coming, we're just starting to get see on the weather radar and alerts coming through that rain, potential rain in four to five minutes. So I would have thought now what you would have done, traditionally you would have for this session rolled out on a lightly used set of tyres and go to a brand new set. I think you throw your new set on now and have a crack. And if it doesn't rain after the first half of this session, maybe then spend another set just to make sure that you're in. So... Bathurst, we know how fickle the weather can be here. We know how quickly it can roll in. So whilst the track is dry and, importantly, 
there's less direct sunlight on the racetrack. This could be the next five to seven minutes, could be the fastest of the next of this qualifying session. And we have got 13 times set. Let's just remind ourselves, because although this is part two and it's the top 50%, the top 15 cars, Krilsey, we've got times on the board. We've got effectively in golf parlance, we've got people in the clubhouse. Well, what it means is if it rains now, the top 10 shootout is going to be really different. It will be a really different looking grid because all of these cars could do a lap time in wet conditions. Shay? You guys want to know the most stunning thing of the day? I just talked about the fact that Jules Gonon not qualifying the 75. I've got one better for you. When you have two previous pole winners in your car and you put the new guy behind the wheel, that's exactly what Mantha EMA has elected to do with the Grello Porsche. The 912 has Anacon Guven behind the wheel, not Lawrence Vantor and not Matty Campbell. What? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Two of the best qualifiers in Bathurst 12-hour history, both former winners of the Alan Simonson Pole Award. On the bench. On the bench. <laughs> Laurent Vanthor, the Belgian in 2015 with Audi, and Matt Campbell with Porsche, with a lap that at the elbow was seven tenths of a second quicker than anybody. They're on the bench, and the young gun from Turkey, Ayan Kanguven, who's a one-make star of Porsche racing, gets a shot at some glory here. Is there anything in the rules to say they can't change drivers? Well, no. No, that's true. <laughs> but with that weather that's yeah, coming, right. I, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I like it. But I, I'm loving what Gilles Goudon said in that interview about Lucas Stoltz because when we've been calling the practice sessions over the stream, we've been singing Lucas Stoltz's praises yeah, that yeah. he's done all the grunt work over the last couple of years. He's done the setup work in the hot part of practice. He doesn't get to do this session. Then in the race, he's always driving in the hot part of the day when the car's greasy. It's moving around. And the fact that he says that Luca's always done that. I've always got the Hollywood stuff to yeah. now give him that chance. That's real leadership. And that's what really brings race teams together. When you're, when you're superstar and Jules Gunnan's a superstar can do that and bring the team even closer together. So Chan Kuven in the 912 Porsche. Brock Feeney in the Triple Eight Mercedes. Cam Waters in the Treble Two Mercedes. Maro Engel in the 130. Now, except he's not, is he? We've just heard that he wasn't. Uh, so we'll wait for time to catch up on that. Jordan Love in the 88 Mercedes. Maxi Goetz in the 77. Uh, Luca in the 75, we've just talked about. Max Martin in the 46 with his teammate Valentino Rossi watching on nervously uh, in the WRT box. Luke Yeldon in the number 44 Audi. Uh, Sheldon Van der Linde in the 32 BMW. Mercedes AMG GT3 for Heart of Racing is Gunny. Ross Gunn in the 27. Take his dad's nickname, actually. His dad was called Gunny. Raced as well. Kelvin Van der Linde. Uh, in the Audi number 22 and Lee Holdsworth in the number 9. That is your uh, list of runners and riders. And I'm just waiting for the 911 to go out. Uh, Alessio Piccarello behind the wheel of the Shell V-Power okay. Manti EMA Porsche. Uh, gee, there's a fairly heavy hitter list of race car drivers among those names you've just rolled out. Any one of them capable of doing a lap time to get yourself into the Pirelli shootout. So as a reminder, at the end of this 25 minutes and 27 seconds remaining in this qualifying, we will know the 10 cars that will take part in the Pirelli shootout. Now, it's not your standard Bathurst top 10 shootout. We do the bottom 50% of that, so five cars, and then the fastest 50%, and they get 15 minutes. That's it, 15 minutes to go and set their one qualifying time 
to set the grid for the um, Retro 12 hour. And whatever happens in the weather, they are guaranteed to be the top 10 right. on the grid. That's the key part of that. So if this part is weather dependent at 4 o'clock when we come back. It's not. That will be the top 10, whatever the times. So definitely the weather is the talking point down here, guys. I've grabbed Craig Lowndes from the uh, Scott Taylor Motorsport team because they've got a very special weather vane in here. Craig, now that's next-level technology. Well, it is. It's, Thomas Randall, a couple of days ago, decided that we just needed a bit more something high-tech, something that doesn't fail, doesn't run out of batteries, doesn't run on Wi-Fi, and uh, you can see it's now spinning, so it's windy, and he tells me when it's wet, it's raining. Especially if it's indoors here. That's going to be some pretty crazy rain. Happy about strategy, though, because this is a race about strategy tomorrow. Well, he had another great idea for that. So we've got this board, snakes and ladders. So we're just going to roll the dice. <laughs> Perfect. That can't possibly go wrong. See, Tom Randall's a trained engineer as well, so he's a, he's a bit of a bright thinker, clearly. <laughs> he is. He's, he's kept the humour really high in this garage, that's for sure. Perfect. A great way of uh, keeping the upbeat spirit in here, mate. Best of luck. Cam Waters very quick in practice early, so hopefully he's got one in him for qualifying. Yeah, I hope so. I think we're still sort of you know fine-tuning the car and that. We're actually struggling a little bit of straight line speed, but the car's really nice across the top, but that's... It's not where we want to be tomorrow. We want to be fast down the street. So um, we'll see what happens this afternoon. Well done, Craig. Beautiful breeze in here right now, everybody. Loving it. <laughs> How long's Craig Lowndes been working on those gags, do you think? Oh, Lowndes, yeah. Well, he, he drives the race car naturally. Yes. So he probably spent no time looking at data and vision. He's got additional capacity. To all the time yeah, working on his yeah, gags. I like it. <laughs> he was working those out when he was driving you around yesterday, <laughs> he probably. Was, he was. Oh, that's outstanding work as we jump on board that STM car. Cam Waters did a really nice job in this earlier today to top practice six. They battled with this car yesterday. It was a challenge, but they've tuned it up overnight and it became very, very rapid. Some representative lap times happening. So Glenwood, remember, 203.42, the time to beat. Lucas Stoles has done a 3.5 on his first full flying lap. Cam Waters goes to third. Jordan Love, he's in the 88 Johor Motor Racing Triple Eight car. He's gone to fourth. So already these heavy hitters starting to fire in qualifying for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour. And Sheldon van der Linde in the number 32 BMW goes quickest. 203.28. That's starting to get down to the kind of lap times that we're expecting to see as this session unfolds. And then as we look towards the Pirelli shootout later on this afternoon. So that would have put a bit more in the top four in that FP6. Yeah. So we're starting to again throw overhand here. This might be the best conditions if it stays dry. This with a bit of cloud cover, a little bit of a bit of a, a qualifying cloud, as you wow. called it earlier on. Yeah, well, and certainly that's in, taking effect over the full circuit. And it was mm -hmm. actually whilst Chad was having a bit of a, a joke and laugh with Craig Lowndes down in pit lane when he parted at the end saying there's a bit of a cool breeze yeah. blowing through here. That got my attention. Because now the sun's gone, so there's no UV on the racetrack and it's cooling down. So that's when the track certainly starts to pick up speed and our timing screen is starting to show that with lots of personal bests and lots of purple sectors flashing up on the timing screen on board with this man right now, Lucas Stoltz, who's got the fastest cumulative sector to the end of sector two and he's about to finish this next lap, his second push lap. That's so deep on the brakes, 70 metres. <laughs> That's deep, I can tell you. So here he comes to the line, goes to the top with a 2.6. So you're going to need to be in the low twos, I think, boys, to be in the game because uh, to do that that early, Feeney now comes in with a 2.6. 
And Sheldon van der Linde is continuing to go on with his fast form. He's fastest at the end of the second sector. And, of course, the thing to remember in this session is while the fastest time is important, we want to see that, the numbers we need to look at are anywhere between 7th and 14th yeah. because they will be the ones looking either nervously backwards at someone looking to bump them out of the 10 or looking forward to try and get into it. So we'll keep across that for you right now. Tony D'Alberto, who did his time in that first part of qualifying, remember, uh, is looking on the outside in. 2.022 for Sheldon wow. van der Linde. Yeah, I thought all week that the BMWs had plenty of speed and they just weren't showing us exactly how much they had. And this man here, Maxine Martin, was on a very good lap in practice and then put it away and didn't show us what they had. Interestingly, Sheldon van der Linde goes to the top with without a best sector time. He's just put a really good lap together. Lucas Stoltz is on another quick one. And everybody now beginning to pick it up. It's going to be it. If it doesn't rain, we're going to have some really good times. And then people in the second half of this session are going to have to work out what they do with the rest of the time. Fully opposite line for Stolze. I can tell you... Down. There is no way that car is going faster down the mountain than what Lucas Zolstra just did. Then He was out of control at the S's before the dipper, out of control around the rock face before Forest Elbow, and there was no real estate to the wall at the exit of Forest Elbow. You want to talk about commitment? That was it in spades. 31-3 in the middle sector. It's going to be another decent run. He sits second at the moment, just under four-tenths away from the best time. They want to get these cars put away, don't they? They want to get it done right now and get into the shootout. It's party time in qualifying at the Ripco. Bathurst 12 out. Lucas Stolls threw everything at it across the top. The final sector not quite there, but ends with a 202-42. We've now got five cars in the twos today. And what is shaping up to be an electrifying qualifying session. This car is the quickest. Sheldon van der Linde, the younger brother of Kelvin van der Linde, who's in the number 22 Audi and is currently fifth and going on with a very good lap. But the BMWs, their second time at Mount Panorama as Team WRT, are going on with it. On board with Kelvin van der Linde who's just gone the fastest across the top of the mountain in the middle sector, and he is fastest cumulative to the end of the second sector. And we're now right on board with him for the rundown Conrod straight. And uh, the Audi's very, very good with high downforce across the top of the mountain, but probably do not have the same straight line performance as the BMW. How late does he break? 100 metre board into the chase. That is seriously deep from van der Linde. Gets through there nicely. Very neat and tidy. Can he get it stopped on the bumps into the final corner? He gets it in there. So all eyes to the timing screen. What does Kelvin van der Linde have for us as he comes to the line? Improves to third. 2.02.4. Just two tenths off. Is that enough? time? Well, you've got to ask yourself, is that enough? These guys are pushing. Is that enough to keep them in the top 10? You don't have to be fastest right now. You just need to be 10th or better. Rich spoke earlier that said that we're really going to have our eyes on 7th to 13th in that bump zone area. Best place to be is in the top three or four because yeah, there's true. less chance of being bumped. So here's Lucas Stoltz coming to finish his one. You'd never be presumptuous enough to say you're safe at any point. But I think up there you're pretty good, and that lap from Luca will help. 
2.02.20. It's four ten thousandths quicker than Sheldon Vanderlinder, and that's good because this lap won't count. Got the grass on the turn into Hell Corner, and he'll have to throw that one away. But it's good enough to go quicker. So 2.02.0 right now. Lee Holdsworth tenth at a 2.03.85, which is not going to be enough to get through to the ten. Glenn Woods lap. That he did in part one of qualifying at a 20342. It holds yeah, up. He's still six up. at and the moment. Given the sunlight that was on the circuit when Glenwood did that time versus the lack of sunlight Surely. right now, that's a seriously impressive lap time. I don't expect that it will stand for the entirety of this half hour session, but I think he's probably in the game longer than they thought they were going to be. Halfway through the session, and they're still in them with the yeah. shouts. Good points. If we're talking cut off at the moment to get into the 10, it's that car. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's. Okay. I think it's 3-4-2 for Glenn Wood. Probably that or better. We'll have to get you in the game. So, oh, Ricardo fella. There was <laughs> nothing left to the outside of the car as he turned it into the final corner. So he's a, he bumps Wood as well with a 3-0-3. And we should say here, as Matt Campbell is jumping in to uh, his Porsche 992, uh, a 992 that is slightly heavier, not because uh, Matt Campbell uh, has got into it. But we, we should say, Krilsey will run the numbers on that for you, uh, we should say, for those of you who don't know this circuit and aren't watching the pictures, you're listening on RS1 around the world, there's no curbs on the outside when these people are turning, when these drivers are turning in. There's a white line, and then there's grass garth. So if you drop your Pirellis off, first of all, you've got less grip, but then you've got to drag them back onto the surface and potentially risk inside shoulder damage. Yeah, it's old school here at Bathurst. There's no acres of tarmac here. You get it wrong, there's consequences. And that's certainly been the case across the top of the mountain. The same rings true down the bottom as well. Liam Talbot, you're co-driving with Calvin Lan Van der Linde, sorry. Um, how exciting is it watching him in qualifying? You said it's like the X Factor for you guys. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, him and uh, Christopher Haas, amazing lineup to be part of, and I feel so lucky. But um, just watching both of these guys drive, look at their data, ask them questions, it's um, a big privilege for myself. You talk about what happens pre-qualifying. Is pole the ambition or just happy to settle in the shootout and focus on the race tomorrow? I mean, every driver wants pole. A 12-hour race, it's not so important, but um, it'd be nice to be sort of closer to the front end. You've been on pole before with Chas Moss. It's a pretty cool feeling in the garage here. A lot of uh, sort of excitement around what lap time could be done, what do you think's capable? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, track's cool now, so it's going to be fast. Um, I mean, when Chas got that amazing pole lap back in 22... Like, we knew it was amazing, but when it actually happened and the way it happened and then the feeling in the garage, it was so much more special than we could have ever imagined. So, I mean, if we could replicate that, that would be amazing. I mean, to get a race result would be pretty cool too. So, whatever happens, happens. But, yeah, we're trying. We want it. Let's see what happens. All the best, mate. Thanks, Dave. He's a great character, Liam. I'm sure Charlie and the kids are at home watching on, cheering on Dad for... A big weekend and a real shot to claim an outright win at Mount Panorama as Kelvin brings the 22 car into pit lane. So while we're in a little bit of a lull, we alluded to it before that um, the GT3 racing around the world is man managed by something called Balance of Performance. It's managed by SRO Motorsports Group, who run this category globally. And it's the series of checks and balances on a performance level that means a front engine, 6.2 litre, normally aspirated Mercedes-AMG can be as competitive as a rear engine Porsche 911 or a mid-engine V10 Audi R8. 
but it's also a bit of a game between the various manufacturers and there are some things given and some things taken away. It's dynamic. It's dynamic. Correct. To adjust the performance of various cars across the course of indeed a season, but also an event. Now at 11.34 local time today, an update to the balance of performance regulations was applied for this event. So the changes came into effect immediately. And the result is that the BMW M4 GT3 was had 10 kilos removed from its minimum racing weight. Uh, the Porsches had 10 kilos added. Not, was that the same 10 kilos? Or just <laughs> yeah, I think they took it from one car <laughs> yeah. and put it right into the other one. The Mercedes had no changes whatsoever. The Lamborghini had a slightly larger air restrictor, so it'll breathe a little bit better, a little bit more horsepower. So... Fascinating. The BMWs have come alive all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't want to look at anything. A couple of moments ago, big slide going down into Hell Corner once again for Jordan Love in the AMG. Uh, just noted, by the way, into the pit lane and out again, the 992 that started that conversation with Matt Campbell getting in. Uh, and getting four new Pirelli tyres. So they have changed drivers in the middle of this session, and that's pressure for Matt Campbell to get them in to the Pirelli shootout. Into the pit lane and not going back out again. The car that is currently top of the charts, the number 75 Sun Energy 1 Mercedes. Lucas Stoltz with the mic drop with that lap. Came in, put the car in gear, turned it off so that it won't roll back down the pit lane and got out. He now gets to sit back and watch and enjoy the rest of this session. And he got quite the adulation from all the crew to say, you did it, buddy. Thanks. So wow. four one thousandths of a second quicker than Sheldon van der Linde, but they look pretty safe at the moment. The battle continues. Stoles, van der Linde, Sheldon in front of Kelvin and Brock Feeney next. Eleven minutes left, gentlemen. New Pirelli's been prepared or already bolted on. How about that pressure for Matt Campbell, Garth? That, I mean, that's it's confidence in your driver. But he's been good. It's like the McQueen film, isn't it? You know, it's Michael. I want you in the twenty car. Porsche must win Le Mans. You know, <laughs> Porsche needs to be in the top ten shootout. Oh, look, it's his, it's his pressure. I mean, we love Matty Campbell and what he's done in Porsche race cars around Mount Panorama, but. To jump in the car on a brand new set of tyres with 10 minutes left in the session when you're outside the 10 and you've got to go lay one down, even for Matty Campbell, that's a big, big ask. So I feel he'll get the job done, but the pressure to get the job done is immense. Garth, we see it so often in the Repco Supercars Championship in qualifying when two cars decide, you know what, let's just save the rubber for the shootout and hopefully have more to go for the race. And that is the plan for BMW. They're second and fifth in the qualifying session at the moment. They reckon that's going to be enough to have them locked in. So both drivers of these cars are out with their helmets off. I would have thought van der Linde, Sheldon, would be safe. Maxime Martin, who was fifth now sixth i'd be still in the car yeah have new tires on but i'd still be in the car because you can still roll with about seven minutes to go and get two push laps in yeah and so if you feel like you're starting to get bumped if you get bumped much more than if you get down bumped down to eight say in the next two minutes you need to get going so uh matt campbell we've already spoken about him he's a chance to bump Jordan Love, who's bowled a wide at the exit of turn one on the previous lap, but is on a very good lap this lap. Uh, behind him, Cam Waters, who topped 
practice six. He's on a good lap as well. So there's plenty of potential to be bumped all the way from six outside. So big risk here from BMW. The longer four we go into this session, that 203-42 from Glenn Wood gets better and better. Uh, totally. Yeah. I was just about to say the same thing, Creelsey. He's still sitting in seventh yes, position. He's still seventh. Yes. And, 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 and he's top of his class in front. He's just been bumped by Jordan Lubb and Cam Waters now. So he's right on the bubble. But he's still top of his... Uh, part, in fact, no, Jordan Love's in the same class, isn't he? So he's now taking over the pro-arm pole, if there was such a thing, but leading that class at the moment. For all intents and purposes, though, with a pro driver in, it's all the same. Exactly right. As far as qualifying goes. So they'll worry about pro-arm podium tomorrow. Here's another car that's got potential bumping oh. qualities. Picarello in the Shell Porsche. It's very, very fast in practice earlier. Slightly older form of Porsche, but that the presumably... BOP, oh, I'm just, the BOP affect that one? Well, I thought, exactly. <laughs> That's, I don't dig get, into that for you. That didn't get the 10 kilos. No, it was only thought. the Type 992, not the 991. So well, there we go. Picarello into the 10. 3-0. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Glenn Wood is on... The bubble in 10th position at a 203-4. Hey, look, they'll be, they'll be ecstatic to still be in the totally. game and be on the bubble. And, uh, and you're right. The fact that he did that in the direct sunlight, much hotter conditions, uh, was a very special lap. And he's out. Maxi Goats in the 77 for Craft Bamboo Racing. Jumps up to eighth position. So Glenwood bumped from the top ten. We ride on board with Brock Feeney, who very nearly scored the Alan Simonson Pole Award here 12 months ago at Mount Panorama. He's in the chase. He's on a very good lap. Quickest of anybody to the first sector. Quickest for the car to the middle. And he is on a personal best. He's just got the braking to do at Murray's Corner. National Motor Racing Museum on his right. Start finish line directly in front. And is this improvement? It is. Brock Feeney goes to third. Just over a tenth of a second away from Lucas Stoll's benchmark in this session. So he climbs to third position. Maro Engel goes to sixth in the 130 Grouper MAMG. So that's him firing up the leaderboard. And all of a sudden, Alessio Piccarello now on the bubble in 10th position. But on the bubble with a very good first sector yeah. for Piccarello. And we continue just to monitor the 46 BMW, Maxime Martin, that they've put the queue in the rack. And now with six and a half minutes left in the session, there's no chance really getting out on a new tyre and getting that tyre prepped to go. So that's one that we will keep an eye on as is this car right here. Matt Campbell on his first real push lap. This car currently 15th and out of the game. This is the Valmont Racing Audi. Luke Gilden behind the wheel. Oh, yeah. Oh. The Audi Sport Cutting oh, touch. leaves a bit of R8 against the wall. Well, it's it's on the Audi sign, so that's that's all right, isn't it? Yeah. It's less bad. Yeah, less bad. <laughs> less bad, I'd say, yeah. is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. All right. So, Luke. Oh, Luke Feeney. Have a go at the first sector for Feeney. Look at the totem pole. It's purple, that first sector. What's the middle sector like? This is fast. Fastest cumulative. Two tenths up on Lucas Stoltz. Will, be, will this be the first one of the weekend from Brock Feeney? I think they're safe regardless at this point, but... Now, this is fun, though, this for now. Yeah. Well, this is setting up for later. Personal enjoyment for this the Fiend. Lower fuel, of course. They've had to put a bit of fuel in to get all the way through this half an hour, whereas when we come 
back at four o'clock this afternoon for the Pirelli shootout for the Alan Simonson Paul Award. They'll be running a, a lot skinnier in terms of how much fuel they've got in. Brock, oh, beautifully to the apex, runs right, almost millimetre perfect. And thank you very much indeed. We'll have a 20189. Yeah. Now it's time to put that car away. Yep. That's safe as houses. And I'm curious just to listen, and Brock has rolled out of it. Curious just to listen, the onboard shot from Brock Feeney versus the onboard shot of Lucas Stoltz. We'll just watch as Matty Campbell comes to the line. In the Grello Porsche, and oh, he's and 12, he's so he's need to push on on this next lap. He needs half a second and more. But Phoenix is not breaking as late as Stoltz, and he's rolling more speed through the mid-corner, whereas Stoltz is sending it very, very deep, and then probably doesn't have the flow in the mid-corner that Feeney has. So both cars achieving their lap time in a bit of a different way, although they're both AMG Mercedes. So exactly one second now from Brock Feeney in first to Maxi Goats, who is 10th and on the bubble this is to make the Pirelli shootout later on this afternoon. And right now, the Caltex Craft Bamboo Racing Mercedes AMG is just, just in. Cameron Waters just out by 0.139 of a second for Scott Taylor Motorsport. And crucially, Matt Campbell in the 912 Porsche, former pole position winner, runner-up last year, is also out. And Lee Holdsworth goes 12th and puts Campbell even further oh. down the field. I don't think... Goats is safe. I'm not convinced that Picariello is safe. I'm, I'm not convinced Mark Martin is safe. At a 12.5, he's got three-tenths of a buffer to Maxi Goats and Picarello behind him. But this guy certainly has the capability to get much, much further up the order. And his first sector is a PB. 50.2 to the first split. Oh, 31.6 to the middle. Still giving away half a second yeah. to the 22 Audi across the top of Mount Panorama. This will be enough to get him in, but just, just into the 10. Real estate in the last three spots of the top 10 is going to be prime for the next three minutes and 10 seconds. On board with Matt Campbell. Flat through the kink. Now decide when to break. About 110. And he flows so much speed through the chase. That's where his strength's been here at Bathurst. He's run across the top of the mountain. and he, The way that he flows speed... It really stands him out against everyone, especially the other Porsche drivers. He can just carry so much more speed. Comes to the line. What does he have? He goes in he's just. In. He's still going to need more, I feel. And that's the thing. He can't, he can't back off here. Two and a half minutes left. And there are still people behind him who have got some green, notably Cam Waters. Cam Waters is on a Cam very Waters strong. Cam Waters on a nice first sector in the triple two. The on board Porsches, with Cam now. Sorry, Garth. The Porsches traditionally in history here, they are slightly lighter to the tune of about 50 kilos to the AMG. So they do take a little bit longer to switch their tyre on to get it better as Cam just gives Dick Johnson's wall on the outside of the <laughs> Forest elbow a little bit of a nudge. So this is quite a good lap from Cam. Personal best to the first and second sectors. He's only 1.1 seconds away from the quickest time of the session at a 3-0 doesn't have to find much to get him into the top 10. In fact, he only needs to find two tenths of a second. And this that's is not for Paul. Can we just remind ourselves? We're not setting Paul in this session. Round of applause for Brock Feeney down at Triple Eight because he's done an outstanding job. The only guy into the ones all weekend so far. Is Waters in or out? Doesn't have to find much time. Where does Triple Two go? Stay no. oh. 
And it looked like the last corner. The car was really edgy at the last corner. Did you see how long he took to go across to the left-hand side of the road after he'd come out of the BMW M elbow so that he was putting as little lock into that car? He didn't want to scrub any tenth of a kilometre an hour off that car. Matt Campbell's about a tenth up on where he was this time last lap. So a little bit of improvement. He's just looking to be safe now. Almost everyone ahead of him is in pit lane. So it can oh, only be improvement. He just gets it stopped <laughs> in the braking zone. Up the hill into the chase. Where does this put Matt Campbell? He's ninth. He's in, but he'd like a little bit more buffer zone. He'll get one more opportunity if he wants it, but it really needs to be this lap for Matt Campbell, and it's an improvement to 202.56, and it just pops him up one more spot to eighth. His teammate, Alessio Piccarello, sits 10th. He's on the bubble. So it's only Cam, Walter, Cam Waters or Lee Holdsworth who can bump anybody out now. And Matt Campbell, is, I think he's, he's going to be all right, isn't he? Because even if both of those yeah. two got in, there's two people behind him. It could be Holdsworth. This is quite a good lap yeah. from Lee. Yeah. And Waters <laughs> still going on with it. So Cam is on Conrad at the top of the hill now and has set a personal best lap time to this point. To make the shootout, Lee Holdsworth, former Bathurst champion in the 1,000. Oh, goes to 12. Exactly a second away from the quickest time. So it's all down to this guy, Mildura's Cameron Waters. He spent the summer in a sprint car on the dirt tracks of Australia doing really good things. Can he get his car into the shootout for Scott Taylor Motorsport? He's not leaving much on the circuit, is he? The way he hustled it through the final corner. Improves, but his lap time, but not his position. So Holdsworth missed the shootout by less than a tenth of a second. <laughs> Waters was a tenth of a second to miss the shootout by. Matt Campbell, by the way, still pushing on to his yeah. two personal bests on this lap. And this is fact-finding for 4 o'clock yeah. this afternoon. Yeah, it is. And I do wonder whether he took... He was get, got in the car with 15 to go, really got cracking with 10 minutes to go. The pole shuffle session is a 15-minute session. Yeah. So. And, and he may actually be able to improve into the top five as well. That's yeah, well, point. that's another point because he run in the different group, two groups of five for the pole shuffle. So what does Matt Campbell have for us? Oh, I saw that on the brakes. I still don't understand how he's got time to get down through all the gears in the braking zone. He breaks that late. Matt Campbell oh. goes to sixth, so he'll be oh. in the first group out of the Pirelli pole shootout. A 202.37. Brock Feeney watches on provisional pole position for that man. Continues his very strong qualifying form in the AMG Mercedes here at Mount Panorama. So an incredibly close field. And these are the top 10 that will take part in the Pirelli shootout and battle for the Alan Simonson Pole Award this afternoon. Great lap, Brock Feeney. The first into the ones all weekend. Lucas Stolls did the job for Sun Energy One Racing to go second. Less than a second covering the top 10 cars. And it's even closer just outside of it. Those that were on the outside looking in. So Maxi Goats just misses the shootout by 37 hundredths of a second. And Lee Holdsworth, that's a really good job from that team as well. Cam Waters, they threw everything at it. They're in a much better position than they've been all weekend. And Glenn Wood, 
If it wasn't for all that excitement at the end, one of the performances of qualifying today to end up 14th from the bottom 50% in vastly different conditions, not particularly conducive to ultra lap times. They've done a great job and that is a class pole position for them as well. So well done. Well, what a session and we've still got more to come this afternoon from Mount Panorama, but highlights part two of qualifying the Repco Bathurst 12 hour. Ooh, enjoyable Jordan. little half an hour that yeah, was. was it? Just so Jordan Love trying the line that we've seen quite a bit this weekend, turning in from the grass at turn one. Luke Yulden taking the Audi Love all the way to the Audi signage at the exit of the cutting. <laughs> Kelvin van der Linde, he was the fastest man. We didn't see that ah. in our session, so that is why van der Linde did not roll for the rest of the session. I was going to say there was no one faster than him across the top of the mountain. That was true, but he tried to outdo himself and nearly all ended in tears. Lucas Stoltz was fast early, got himself a strong lap time, and they put that car away after only six laps. So that car, Sun Energy 1 car, continues to look strong. Brock Feeney was on the outside of the front row 12 months ago. He will be provisional pole going into the Pirelli pole shootout this evening with the fastest lap time of that session. A 201.89 for Feeney continues to be very, very fast when it matters at Mount Panorama. Just four tenths of a second covering the five cars that make it to the final session of the day in the fight for the Alan Simonson Pole Award. Shay Adam, what a session. What a session indeed, and let's hear from the fastest guy, because we talked to him before the session began, and you were so excited to get up there on the mountain. Yeah. Where is there more time? Because we certainly didn't see it. Um, oh, yeah, I felt it far out. It's it's fast going down the hill there, but we're going to have to make another big step this afternoon to go even quicker. So we're still a second off what we did last year. I'm not sure if we'll get back to that, but um, it's out of control. Doing these lap times around here is... It's pretty hard work, and you don't breathe for a long time with that lap. So, um, yeah, stoked to be up top. But, um, yeah, that's that means nothing. we still got a shootout to go. What's it like when you come back to the garage after putting in the fastest time, a time that nobody else could touch, and then the crew members are greeting you like a hero? Yeah, yeah, everyone's obviously pretty pumped. Um, for me, I'm, I'm trying not to play it up at all. There's still a, a, still a job to do this afternoon, and, and that's nothing compared to what we've got ahead of us tomorrow. So, great. Everyone's in good spirits. We've got a great car. Um, I'll go try to do it again this afternoon, and then uh, we'll see how we go tomorrow. Good luck in a couple hours. Thank you. Cheers. The tension was palpable at WRT, the BMW team, who decided to sit out that second part of qualifying after already having a time or two in there. Maxime Martins rocked up. Beautifully timed, Maxime. What was that last part of qualifying like? Watching your name get ever so close to that tenth spot. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of uh, people improving, and uh, also they went later, so there was also track involvement, but we were a bit scared with uh, the weather. We never know what's going to happen here. So, uh, yeah, at the end, we are in top 10. That's where we wanted to be. And, uh, yeah, now we still have the shootout and especially a long race tomorrow. And the good news, you managed to only use the one set of tyres. So that little strategy play gives you some more rubber to play with later. Yeah, exactly, because it's quite limited for the race and uh, for qualifying. So the less sets you can use, it's better. So, yeah, it's a good strategy. But uh, And we are in top 10. So at the, at the moment, everything is uh, going uh, like planned. I've just heard the cheer from outside your garage because I'm guessing that the doctor has just left the garage. So how are you enjoying being connected to the 46 and all the fanfare that goes with it? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, to be able to share a car with uh, that kind of uh, MotoGP legend is uh, something special for sure. Uh, we have done the whole year last year together and now again together. So we start to, to know each other quite well and uh, we have a good relationship and also with uh, Raffaele Marcello coming with us. Uh, I think we also have a very strong lineup. So uh, now we have to 
to make the step and, uh, and win races. Here in Bathurst, we love a shootout. Now you get to go do one later today, so enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Matty Campbell, great to have you back at Bathurst. Hey, talk us through that session because you didn't start. You gave your teammate Gervin some laps there and then the pressure was on to get into the 10. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it uh, wasn't necessarily our plan, but we decided to switch it up so he starts and, and I'll finish. But yeah, interesting session. Um, as you might have seen, like the, the sun really... Had a lot of cloud cover early in the session and sort of came back uh, later. But uh, pretty happy uh, with my lap, to be fair. Uh, all pretty close in lap times, my few laps I did. But, uh, yeah, not easy. The field is super, super close. Uh, but it's great to be back at the mountain and also in our brand-new 992. Mate, your sectors were so close to looking like you are going to make the top five of the second part of the shootout, but you're still in the shootout, and you never know the weather could play in your favour in that session as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the most important, we're in the shootout. Uh, we'll try and tune the car up a little bit for later on. Obviously, the weather's going to be a little bit different when the shootout's on later in the afternoon, but uh, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, see what we can do. You've just been on successful at the Daytona 24. How's it like to come back to Bathurst? It's pretty cool, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of my favourite events events of the entire calendar. You know, Bath's my favourite track in the entire world and to come back here and be a part of it again, it's uh, fantastic and especially with our new car. So uh, great to be back. I wasn't able to make it uh, a few years, but now I'm back and, and really enjoying it. What do you do between now and the shootout later on this afternoon? Yeah, so we'll go through some video, some data, uh, just try and fine-tune the car. I don't think we need to make big changes. Um, obviously, there's still half a second to the front, guys, so we'd love to try and bridge that. Uh, I think it will be a little bit difficult, but nevertheless, we'll try and make a few changes and uh, see what we can do later on. Mate, thanks for your time and go well this afternoon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, yeah, he's a legend of this race and indeed this place. So just confirmation of the session results. These are the 10 cars you'll see in the shootout this afternoon, 6th through 10th. You'll see first, they'll run for 15 minutes and then it will be a couple of Mercedes AMGs and a particularly fast BMW. We think in car 32, battling it out for the Alan Simonson Pole Award as well. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.